Everybody get up, it's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance, do your dance at the Space Jam. What is up, Big Rig Nation? Um, we are back. It is February 6th. 2023 is a beautiful day here in Denver, Colorado, boys. Um, and it's been a second since we all got together. How are we feeling? Feeling good. We're back. We got a lot, <laughs> lot to catch up on. We got all different sports. We got Super Bowl this weekend coming up. It's going to be action-packed action week. So yeah. it's good to be yeah. back with the boys. Well yeah. said. Well said. Yeah, back with... Uh... I mean, we usually we don't talk uh, viewership numbers. I don't think we ever have. But uh, Dean, stats looking all right, huh? More, more years, trending more years up on the pod. Trending up. Do we want to go in the right direction? A little shout out to all our listeners. Um, we started this as a crazy idea. Those of you coming in midway, we're just a big bunch of uneducated, hot take dummies that. Uh, somehow figured out to figured out how to do a podcast slash are still figuring out how to do a podcast he, he doesn't look too happy do you want to agree with that or no i i think we're educated but <laughs> you know rick can speak for himself on that one yeah maybe that's i, 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 I feel like you feel about your purdue education but my I, bloomsburg education formerly formerly bloomsburg that's right yeah um no we are educated and uh we're happy to uh to get back together um boys as always we'll start with the best thing we saw since we last got together dean take it away all right i'll start best thing i saw kind of over like the last week is the nba is back the nba is back we're going to talk about this a little bit later but Kyrie demands a trade a week before the trade deadline and then gets traded to Dallas. And then people are fighting. People are fighting regularly in the NBA now. Dylan Brooks went after Donovan Mitchell's nutsack. Mo Bamba and Austin Rivers are fucking throwing yeah, punches going, at each other. What's going on, dude? It's like, no. why is everyone, why is everyone fighting? They're tired. They're tired of being called soft. So they're actually Man. like legit fighting. I mean, like that yeah. Austin Rivers, Mo Bamba, like that was, that was pretty good. Man, you just have a couple of mid players going at each other like that. I'm like, what the What's, fuck's whoa, going time on? Timeout, dude. Time. Did you just drop like a TikTok term? Mid players, yes. If <laughs> <laughs> you know what that yeah. means, no, I'll, I'll look it up tonight. Though, it was get team get team. Give us an urban dictionary on mid. Bro, mid <laughs> average people bums people. No one cares. Yeah, about. I don't know. I don't know if our listeners are gonna know what that is, but uh, yeah, yeah. And then fucking Job Morant's posse is shooting a laser pointer at Pacers staff uh, when, when they're leaving the arena. <sighs> that was happening. weird. I, I read about that this morning. How do these, like, how they're getting paid tens of millions. How are they just not all, are we good? Like, we don't need a fight. So, Ja is, I mean, Ja is a different case than kind of the rest of them. I mean, fuck, no one knows what Mo Bamba said. But the funny thing uh, to Austin Rivers, but the funny thing about that was that he said something 
and Mark, you see Markel Fultz is like sitting right next to him, and Fultz's face is like, damn, like <laughs> he has his expression on his face, like, I can't believe this guy just said this. And so, like, it had to have been some some bad shit. But then Rivers just went like straight up to him next possession where he walked up on him on the bench and they're beefing with each other. And it's just like, who who really gives a shit about this? But the jaw stuff, Shannon Sharp was going off on him today being like, dude, no one thinks you're hard. You're going to cost yourself hundreds of millions of dollars because you're trying to be a thug. And he's so yeah. good too. It's like, there's no, there's no reason for him. Anyway, we'll get into NBA. Yeah, I like a little NBA talk. Uh, but Dean, real quick, is this good for the league? Bad for the league? All the all the headlines for fighting. So I, the fighting stuff, I I I don't think. Just a real real quick answer. Is that real bad? Quick the jaw stuff's bad. The fighting stuff, yeah. Who who cares? I mean, everyone always talks about how the guys are soft and no one's going to actually do anything. So it's kind of good to see the guys actually, you know, doing okay. something. So okay. I say that stuff's good. Jaw stuff, bad. Okay. Pete? Well, I think you know which direction I'm going with this, Rick. This feels good to be right sometimes, you know? You know, talking the last six weeks about how Tom Brady's done, and it was time for him to move on. So I just, I think I just thought of the title of this podcast, and it's Bye Bye Brady. And Tom Brady being done is just, just one of the happiest days in sports history for me. Um, 20 years mm. of just crushing us as a New York Jets fan. And mm-hmm. I'm happy and I'm, you know, congratulations on a great career. Nothing to take away from from what he did, but it's a you good day. What, what would you day. take away? Other than take away? Uh, shoot, I would take away the Jets' Mo Lewis not hurting Drew Bledsoe, so Brady never coming in. That's what I would change. Yeah. But, you know, I'm Great career. I think we can all sit here and, and applause one of the best, if not the best, to, to ever do it. And um, that was the best thing I saw, though. Brady Brady being done. I'm over Tom Brady. Been over him since 2002. And it's a, it's a good day. It's a good day in can, sports. Can we, be, can we be clear? It's not because he, he can't play. There's team there. I mean, there's, there's teams lining up for this guy. He just, he just was like, hey, I... I think it's time for me to, to kind of hang it up. But he could still – he could throw for 4,500 yards next year. I think he's just over the the gruel and the, the preparation and yeah. the process. If he could walk into a, a camp where he was familiar and just come in week one and sling it for 17 weeks, I think he'd consider it. But the preparation and the process, the training camp, I, I think that's all the reasons why he – yeah, hung it up right. and he's 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 content with it this time. There I don't think there's any coming back. I think uh yeah, you saw on his yeah, his done. message he was pretty emotional and it felt it felt like a sense of finality and he's accepted that it's time and I think his whole goal was to play to 45, right? I mean, not saying he couldn't play till 50, but he made it to his goal. He won 7 rings, went to 10 Super Bowls. Like what else do you need? You know? Got plenty of money. Gertie yeah. got a Fox contract to be a broadcaster, which we could talk about that down the line. But I don't think Brady's going to be a good commentator. But, um, but yeah, again, great career. Congratulations. Good riddance. See you later. Mm. That was really nice. That was, that was a nice obituary. 
Like you died or something. <laughs> um, I mean, we'll talk Brady here in more to say. I got some thoughts, but uh, best thing I saw this weekend, boys, is that Purdue, Purdue, Boilermaker is still the best team in the country, and there's really, there's really not a doubt. Uh, I watched Houston play a little bit. Obviously, Tennessee lost. Purdue, Tennessee Purdue's won. good. Oh, you're talking well, about they, they, they the lost. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. got they lost to Florida. Um, obviously, we lost to IU. I, I felt like just a bucket. I think it was five or something. But everyone knew IU had a really good shot at winning the game. Vegas knew, and uh, it's great atmosphere. I mean, that's that's why we watch college basketball. And but to get blown, I mean, they got they looked a million times better in the first half, and for us to come back in the second half, and essentially we I think we we're down by one at the closest. Like a lot of heart. A lot, this team's got grit. This team's shown me a lot. There's no moral victories, Pete and Dean. But there are no. victories that you can take away a lot, and I have. So, still the best Wait. in the country. I don't, that didn't make sense. That makes sense. <laughs> that made no sense. Oh, no. Losses, though, you could take losses, 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 losses. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're here for. You used just to win over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, with that being said, we'll talk, we'll get a little bit more. In a college basketball, do but with that, let's uh, should we start with the NBA? Well, Rick, let's tell our listeners what our plan is for this week. Okay, that's right. We do have a plan. Go ahead, Pete. Do you want to tell it? Yeah, I could tell it. So, since we didn't have an episode last week, um, we're gonna recap obviously some NBA stuff, some NFL stuff. We're gonna touch on the Super Bowl, some early thoughts, early predictions. We are gonna come back for our first ever twice a week episode um, two for one and we're gonna have a little super bowl edition here on on thursday or friday for you guys so don't get scared if there's not a ton of super bowl talk we'll we'll, t- we'll touch on it but full-fledged super bowl episode thursday or friday this week we'll have all of our player props we'll have all of our picks ready for you maybe some guarantees in there i don't know i don't know where rick's head's at now he's a big guarantee guy so um yeah that's kind of the plan so a lot of other news to touch on today, and we'll we'll do the deep dive in the Super Bowl later. One quick thing, I will guarantee this: it might as well just be a meeting with your financial planner on how to get rich. You can you can chalk this up this next episode on how to make money. I always I always have a really good Super Bowl. Always <laughs> have a really good. Super Bowl. I need to see, I need to, I need to see the data on that. The Mahomes, <laughs> the Mahomes, the Chiefs Niners Super Bowl in twenty nineteen. And Mahomes went under on his rushing yards for the last knee. Yeah, I lost on that pick, actually. Made my 30, whole year. 32 and a half. I yep. remember it. I, I, I knew it. Um, no, well said, Pete. Yeah, we'll have another episode. We owe it to you all. So, um, all right, with that being said, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll tip our toes in a little a little NBA. All right, I guess we'll, how about this? We'll start with conference championships. We'll wrap that up since we haven't necessarily wrapped that up yet. Uh, I thought it was... Two really boring games. Chiefs Bengals got a little exciting at the end, but you know, can't hit the guy out of bounds. Yeah. What are your guys what are your guys' thoughts on that? I think the well the one thing, I mean the Eagles I think the Eagles win that game either way. I really do. With that being said, they got extremely lucky that they pretty much played a quarterbackless team for three quarters. Um yeah. a little unfortunate for the NFL, because I think that game had potential to be a really great game. 
Um, but yeah, I think I think it's it sucks because pretty much by the middle of the second quarter in that game, there was no chance the 49ers were winning. They literally couldn't throw the ball. I was kind of disappointed that they didn't get more creative and try something else. Like, who can throw a football? Like, it's do or do or die, win or go home. I just I didn't love that they just handed the ball off 40 times in a row, minus what one screen pass, and just kind of laid down and said, hey, it's not gonna happen this year versus just trying to go outside the box and figure something out. That that was a little disappointing. But for me, the second game, I I thought it was a good game. Um, a little less sparks or flashiness, maybe than we all thought. A little more of a defensive battle. But I think the big takeaway from that game is man, the refs. The refs kind of decided that game. And I'm not just talking about the last play. Um, I think that last play was a great call. Can't do that. Feel a little bad for that guy, but huge mistake, obviously. But, uh, man, the refs had their fingerprints all over that game. And it felt very heavy Chiefs favorites uh, when it comes to the calls and how the refs handled it. So understand why the Bengals fans could be a little disappointed there. But, yeah, overall, I agree with you, Rick. Not. Not the most exciting. I would say division rounds and championship rounds were boring. A, I was ready. Little, yeah. yeah, a little, little, chaos. little yeah. less uh, exciting than. I felt like the fix was in a little bit. Huh? I watched those games. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Dude? I know. I know what's going on. Go ahead, dude. Yeah. So, uh, so, I mean, I totally agree on the the Eagles Niners game, uh, but I do think you're underestimating just how difficult it is just to have just to even run like wildcat like they i saw they had mccaffrey like try to throw some passes and like play some pseudo quarterback but just there's so many so many things going on as just putting a guy in a position like that i don't think would have wasn't going to work against an nfl defense but the best thing i took away from that game was uh i listened to the george kittle because he was mic'd up for that game whatever listen to him after and just i mean you gotta love the guy even when they're when Brock is playing with like a torn UCL or whatever it is, and he's just like still pumping up guys on the sideline, trying to trying to convince everyone they still had a shot in that game. It's like I, I love that guy, man. Like that was that that was kind of cool to see, even though they were the game was long over by that point. And then Bengals fans had to feel like they were robbed on how this season played out for them after Demar Hamlin went down. Just think, they're up 7-3 on the Bills. Hamlin goes down. Then outside shot at number one seed in the AFC. And then literally just kind of everything started. All the decisions were basically, everything was took, taken out of the Bengals' hands. And basically, the Chiefs were given the inside track to the one seed. And the, the Bengals had, had no chance. The Bengals, were, like, the Bills basically were the only team that was going to have a real chance to get, like, to fight for the one seed with the Chiefs with the whole Atlanta thing. And the, then, yeah, that game, the whole, like, they blew the play dead and, like, let him run the play again. It's like, if the Chiefs had scored, like, on that play, is that ref coming in and being like, nope, like, we, I was blowing it dead? I don't think so. So, yeah, was, I think. Yeah, it was bad. What about the, what about, like, the punt? Was it a, yeah, the punt return to set up the the go-ahead field goal? Wasn't that, like, three blocks in the back? I mean, I feel like blocks like, in the back would happen, like, on most of those returns yeah and it's it, anyway. i feel like it's kind of like holding but yeah i 
a, a shitty weekend, man. Like, yeah, this it, was... is, it felt like we never. And it had the best so, teams too. Like that was yeah. like yeah. those are the matchups we wanted, and they just didn't work out. And I mean, I, I love the Bengals squad going forward, though. I think they're going to be back there again and again and again. But I do, <laughs> I felt for them in that game because it just truly felt like they were fighting playing against the Chiefs and like the NFL machine. What do we? What do we? Uh, initial quick thoughts on the Super Bowl. I would have said this about six of the last eight games that I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I mean, it's got all the scripts to be a great game, right? You think about Andy Reid playing Philadelphia again, um, two uber athletic quarterbacks that can sling it and make, you know, plays with their legs. You got, you know, that Eagles defense versus that Chiefs offense should be really fun to watch. I think it's got, you know, everything you're looking for. I think the one question mark is going to be Pat Mahomes' health. I think he should be fine if he was able to navigate the Bengals game on a week's rest, getting two weeks. You just don't know how much more he potentially hurt it playing that game. Um, yeah. But he, if he's healthy, man, I – It's going to be a good game. It should be I, a good game. I, I – it's hard to bet against Pat Mahomes in a game like this. You know, I know the Eagles have all the weapons and probably have the better team top to bottom, but Pat Mahomes or Pat Mahomes has been there before. Plays his third Super Bowl now. He's got the pedigree. He's got the coach. The experience is definitely on the Chiefs' side, but you know, Eagles got a lot of firepower too. So it, it should be. I think it's gonna be a great game. I kind of lean the same way in that it's tough to bet against Mahomes. But the Eagles just feel like they're the most complete team. So I think it's going to take – Mahomes is going to have to be healthy, and it's going to take one hell of a performance from them to beat the Eagles. Because I think the Eagles have, just by virtue of being that more well-rounded team defensively and offensively, I feel like they have more like more avenues to winning on Sunday than where the Chiefs are pretty much – Mahomes and Kelsey need to go off. Pretty incredible what Pat Mahomes is doing this year with, I would say, a less than stellar receiving core, right? Like, yeah, Hardman's hurt. I know Tony got hurt. Juju, Juju Smith does not excite me. <laughs> I mean, it's literally him and Travis. I know he's making all these guys. They're they're making plays for him, but like his receiving core versus the last three teams that were in it with them. Look at the 49ers, all those weapons, Eagles, A.J. Brown, yes. Miles Sanders. I mean, they got a ton yeah. of weapons. Um, and then the Bengals, right? You got like Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. And T. Higgins, yeah. Yeah, like the, he's doing it with – they don't have a great run game. They don't They don't have a great receivers. They literally have Pat Mahomes and a tight end. And honestly, their defense is – it's decent, but it's not Super Bowl defense by any mean. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's pretty pretty cool to see – Pat Mahomes do it without all the weapons he's had in the past because I think not not a lot of folks, but I think some people might have said, "Hey, Pat Mahomes is great, but look who's got around him, and now he's great without all those weapons around yeah. him." Um, yeah. yeah, so that's true. that's true. I think the chemistry that he has with Kelsey is just absurd. Like, and they would highlight this on the broadcast is just like they just he just know Kelsey knows like when Pat's gonna be looking his way. And Pat just always seems to know where Kelsey's going to be, and they always just see to, seem to be on the same page. 
with regards to how the defense is playing them. And it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of wild to watch because you're wondering, yeah, how is a tight end tearing these teams up over and over and over? And yet, you know, he's unstoppable and he has these big games. He's 10 catch, 100 yards, two, three TD games. And he's the only guy in that, in that receiving core that's, that's worth anything. And he's, he's insane, man. Um, all right. Well, let's save the rest for next episode. Um, but yeah, I think it's gonna be a good game. All right. Are we gonna do it, boys? Are we gonna open up the NBA can of worms on this pod? Are we ready? Dean? Let's do it, man. Dean Pete. I mean Pete, Pete's Nets having a <laughs> the Nets. And just for the red, just for the record, let's kind of go through our alleged I say alleged because I don't know if Pete's a Nets fan, but I'm a, obviously a Celtics fan. Dean's uh Dean's a Rockets fan, right? Is that is that right? Pacers, Pacers. Pacers. <laughs> oh, so wait, so let's get this. Dean's Houston Astros, Indiana Pacers, and Colts. In, yeah. Okay. And Rick grew up a Nuggets and Rockies fan, and now he's a Red Sox and Celtics fan. Real ones, no, that's not true. But I don't need to defend that. And then Pete. Uh, uh, well, 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 you're yeah, like uh, the Jason Kidd Nets. Is that, is that what you usually let, say? Let me just be clear here. I don't like the NBA. I don't. I watch it and I try to enjoy it. I just, I, I find it hard to find joy in NBA games these days. Um, there's minimal defense. There's not a lot of passion and it's very much isolation basketball, which I don't find enjoyable to watch. So, I did grow up a New Jersey Nets fan when they played in New Jersey, Continental Airlines Arena, East Rutherford. They moved to Brooklyn on me. Um, I mean, it's probably been, what, like 10 years now since they moved to Brooklyn. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say uh, I'm not a Nets fan, but I wouldn't say I'm a very loyal fan to any NBA team at this point. So, Well, that being said, let's let's talk some basketball, boys. All right. Talk some basketball. Um, all right, we we touched on the fighting. Uh, we it's hard to tell who's. I don't know if there's like a really good team this year. Um, Celtics have been good, but obviously the big news being Kyrie Irving requesting another trade. Um, requested the trade over the weekend and then uh, got traded yesterday to the Dallas Mavericks, which. I'll say this, boys. I love it. I love it. Um, I, could, I, could not dis- a, I could not disagree more. But Kyrie I'll- Irving is a re- he's a complete psychopath, but I think he's uh he's a at his best when he just keeps his mouth shut. He's a top he's a top five player in the league. He's a top five player. He's really really good. Um, so with Luca. Um, I don't know. I think the West is wide open. There's really not a runaway team at all. Um, so I'll just say this. I love it. And uh, I'm excited. I think, you know, he just wants to get to a normal atmosphere and uh, kind of get the circus away with the KD looming over and Harden. And um, I love it, boys. So I'm pumped. I don't, Rick, I don't think you realize that he is the circus. <laughs> Like, Thank you. He's he's not getting away from it. He, he he is the circus. He's he's the ringleader. He's he's the guy with the elephants like swinging the wand. He's the nutcase. I know he was on my team for a handful of years, and he is the circus. But there, yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes 
he really hasn't he really hasn't been on a team that's a normal team how how are the cleveland cavaliers not a normal team and like lebron and then they didn't and he wanted out yeah i don't know i don't know mark cuban like big city this this could go back to i love it dean nba expert nba insider take it away dean rick i'm with pete i couldn't disagree more like they talk about the you know Kyrie's super excited to get to dallas Man, he said the same thing back in, what was it, 17, when he got traded to Boston. He's like, oh, couldn't be more excited to play with those guys. And then he blew that team up, or or tried to. And then he goes and signs with Brooklyn, and he blows that team up. Like, James Harden demanded a trade because of Kyrie. And now Kyrie blows that team up, and Kevin Durant, I mean, Kevin Durant is no one to blame for himself. But yeah, Kyrie's now going to go to Dallas, and... I mean that this could blow up in Dallas's face too, because Kyrie's a free agent this summer, and that's the whole reason he wanted to leave Brooklyn is he wants like a max extension, and Brooklyn wasn't going to give him that, and I'm just be, I'd be surprised if any team gives him that because this is a guy who like takes time off, like in the middle of the year while he's getting paid max money, like and just wants to go on vacation and it's crazy and do I jack agree. shit. It's it's nuts. I Rick, yeah I, I don't I read a yeah. stat the other day and I don't know the exact numbers but he was in Brooklyn for 3 years or something along those lines. He played in 100 or I think it was like 130 or 40 games something like that and he missed 175. Like he literally missed more games than he played. You know, between the vaccine thing, the whole all, you know, the suspension at the beginning of this year for the anti-semitic comments. Like the guy has screws loose. And I just I, I don't see how it works. You have two ball-centric guards that like to dr- take the ball up, dribble, dribble, iso, shoot, make plays for themselves. Like they couldn't be further apart from a chemistry standpoint, I think, yeah. than anything, right? Like these guys play similar type games and need the ball in their hands. Like Luca's gonna say, Kyrie, go sit in the corner. Like I'm gonna drive and dish it to you, and Kyrie's gonna be like, "What the fuck are you talking about? I'm Kyrie Irving." It's just no, like, it's like you're going to the corner. Yeah. Like it's just not, it's not. Guys, I know, work. I know on paper it's bad. I just say I like it because who knows what could happen. So obviously there's nothing to argue about here. He's a, he's an, he's a lunatic, but I still love it. So I love it because the West is wide open. And I think Kyrie Irving is maybe the most narcissistic player to ever step foot in the NBA. I don't think there's anyone crazier than this guy. Which means I think he can turn it on when he wants to. My question to you both is all the <clears throat> all the like trade demands or people were willing to give up a lot for him. I was surprised how much the Mavericks gave up for gave up a ton. Pretty much unless they said to Kyrie we're gonna give you a four year max deal and they agreed on it verbally. I just I don't know how you give up that much for a half season when it doesn't clearly make you the favorite, right? Like, it certainly puts them in the conversation to potentially win the West. But like you said, the West is wide open. You have no idea how long this is going to take for them to start gelling and working. And you're getting them for a half season. It'd be one thing if it was, like, the rest of this season and next season. I, I get it. But they gave away, what, was it three or four draft picks? Dinwiddie and another player. And yeah. two first. 
they, think... they basically they basically gave up two starters. So it was Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney Smith, who's like their small forward. And then they gave up like a first round pick in like a couple two thousand twenty nine or something. Yeah, in a couple yeah. seconds. The thing for Dallas is that they've since they got Luca, they have mismanaged you know a lot of their assets. Like there's like a long list of first of picks and young players they've given up and they've turned it into Kyrie Irving and like Davis Bertans or something. And you're just like when I said that this might blow up is man, Luca's not gonna sit there and wait forever just like trying to carry this team. So maybe this is them kind of just pushing the chips in a little bit with Kyrie. But because I'd I'd argue basically the West after Denver the West is wide open, especially with with Steph getting hurt. I think Golden State's. I think it's going to be a long shot. If they get back into it, but yeah, I mean, with Luca, you can argue that you've got as good a shot as anyone. But yeah, the chemistry. You think weird. obviously they had to run it by Luca, right? I think. so. I mean, I would yeah, hope so. Yeah. So what I do think though is. It's just it feels like the writing's on the wall, and this might just be a personal opinion, but like Kyrie's going to the Lakers next year, right? Like they're gonna spend the money on a max deal for Kyrie because LeBron's got two or three years left in his career, probably of high level basketball. AD's still relatively young, even though he gets hurt all the time. You add Kyrie to that team, they're the best team in the West, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he's he is the type of piece that they're missing. And I just, I I don't, I I think Kyrie literally plays in Dallas, closes out the year, plays well, and he walks over and goes and wins potentially a ring or two with LeBron at the end of his career and then figures it out from there. I'm not 100% sure how the cap situation for the Lakers would work. I know Westbrook's expiring. Not sure if they'd be able to sign him. But I think the issue, even with the Lakers, because the Lakers weren't willing to trade for Kyrie they don't have anything At to trade. Deadline. Well, because no, it, but they said they weren't even willing to give up all the first round picks that they could. So I heard they offered like Westbrook and like two firsts. Yeah. Okay. But then like they had, they, they didn't, they, they didn't want to give them like, the Lakers. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. No, the, the, the Nets owner literally said anywhere like, but I, the Lakers. <laughs> well, also, so they sent like, him to a better team. Yeah. Cause they probably the went era. to Kevin Durant and said, hey, you want to play with Russell Westbrook again? Oh yeah, I forgot you left Oklahoma City to leave him. Yeah, he's like no. hell no. But uh, what, what does KD do? I, I think he's, I think he's gonna probably request a trade either before Thursday or at the end of the season. Just say you guys gotta start from scratch. I'm out of here. I'm not playing, and he's gonna go join somewhere that's ready. I mean, this thing was a disaster. This might have been the biggest disappointment in sport like probably sports history of having three players in their prime that are top 10 players in the nba with harden kd and Kyrie, and you got one playoff series win out of it one they're all hall of famers yeah first ballot all three of them i mean it'll be interesting to see the hit pieces that come out on this now that Kyrie's out of Brooklyn because after Harden got traded, there were a whole bunch of hit pieces on Harden talking about how like he was the problem. And now like we're seeing what what we all knew was that the problem has been Kyrie this entire time and and that Kevin Durant's an idiot for leaving Golden State and trusting Kyrie. And the only guy who's been able to control Kyrie throughout his career is LeBron James. So the yeah. only way 
that I see this working out is if eventually Kyrie goes back to to play with LeBron because he's proven to be the only guy who can keep him somewhat in line because pretty much since LeBron left or since Kyrie left LeBron, it's been a disaster. Yeah, yeah. That's good, boys. That was a good segment for the NBA. Where else do you guys think Kyrie would fit if it doesn't work out with the Lakers and he doesn't stay with the Mavs? I heard Phoenix, maybe. Phoenix was going to give up Chris Paul. Yeah, they got three point guards. Three all-star point guards. I don't know. I think the idea would be that Kyrie kind of replaces slash upgrades from, from Chris Paul. Because, I mean, I think Phoenix is struggling this year. I think that's kind of running its course, is that they need to kind of move to the next stage there. They got to kind of move on, I think, from from Chris. That ceiling was reached. Yeah. but You know where I think he would work? Denver. Chris Paul? No, Kyrie. No, Kyrie. No, no. And they have Jamal Murray. Yeah, I mean, Kyrie, don't need a Kyrie's an upgrade from Jamal Murray, and Jamal can move to the two. But, dude, if I'm Denver, I'm like, our team is really good. Why would we bring this psychopath in? Well, I don't see that fit either. I, I think Kyrie would be a good fit on what is it, whichever team I hate the most. So you could just go in there and blow their team up. Hmm. And I'm not sure that is. Maybe maybe the Heat. Milwaukee? <laughs> yeah, team what, team, Dean, what team do you hate the most? I mean, right now the Pacers haven't been good for a while. But I guess most recently I'd say – Miami Heat. That wasn't very. Uh, that actually, wasn't very recent. Actually, now that I think about it, he might not be a bad fit on Miami. I heard Miami's in it. Yeah. I mean, Kyle uh, Lowry's old. You put him with Butler, but Hero, Jimmy Butler and, and, and Bam. Dean, you think those two are going to get along? I mean, I think Butler would either kill him or other, in other words, keep him in line. And worst case, I mean, it ends up being good drama for everyone else watching. Yeah. I hope he just goes somewhere to freaking for his career to to die, like goes to Charlotte or something. So we don't have to hear about him all the time. <laughs> Charlotte with – can you imagine him, him with MJ? Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that was talking NBA. That was probably more to come. So – Yeah, the trade deadline's on Thursday. So Yeah, maybe we'll have some more information if there's any – juicy news on our next episode um okay let's talk college basketball down goes purdue hey what do you yeah. think let's start with you pete what do you yeah. there's a lot i think this is where at least from the listeners that are reaching out to me this is where this is where we kind of make our money i think this is where people pay attention they perk up to hear Pete talk about Purdue? No, more to hear both of you talk, <laughs> Dean. I think I had a lot of text being like, last episode, Dean was really vulnerable. And you're, oh, you're, you're kind of a fake tough guy when it comes to Purdue. Oh, man. But, uh, Pete, did you watch the I, I know you didn't watch the game. I did watch the game. What are you talking about? On, on Saturday? I was actually, Mal's friend was in town, Tiffany. You know her. She, she went to IU, so we did watch. Oh, uh, they looked great All in the right. first half, IU. They looked absolutely – I was like, what team am I watching here? What team am I watching? I was rooting for Purdue. I sprinkled a little uh, plus plus six and a half live 
which hit. So barely. I was I was I was boiling her up. I put my Purdue Pete shirt on and was you know honking the horn on the train, hoping for that comeback. But uh, yeah, man, they just got outplayed in the first half. The reality of it is, I they're mean, flat, very yeah. flat. IU came out super hot, and they look better in the second half. I mean, Zach Eady is. I mean, he's gonna win Player of the Year if he keeps it yeah. up, unless he's he has gosh. some massive fall off. Um, which you never know these seven footers, right? But he's very good. Um, Dean Dean's a Zach Eady hater. Dean's probably in the camp of that he's just tall, which is just not true. He's just not. He's way his footwork, his mechanics. He was going up against Trace Jackson Davis and I dropped mean, thirty on him. I mean, Trace Jackson Davis. I don't think. I don't <laughs> think he's any good either. Dude, uh, real quick, I, I Pete, uh, were you done? Sorry. No, I was just gonna say. I think, I think Purdue, like you said, showed a little grit, and they could have yeah. let down in that second half. And let's move yeah. on to the next one. But you know, they fought back. But again, tournaments one game at a time, and can't just come back. You gotta close out you gotta, you gotta win yeah uh we'll see but yeah overall not the worst loss in the world rivalry game away you know tough atmosphere but they're just gonna get tougher the atmosphere so no there's no one better than that, that that's the kind of analysis that the listeners come for you gotta win every game in the tournament you just drop a trent dilfer on us <laughs> Peter, are you a little rusty today? I feel good. Okay. I've said it since the beginning. I'll believe it in tournament time. That's not bad analysis. This team is literally... But tournament <laughs> DNA is created in February. No, it's created over... Like, it, it, it's as much as it is skill as it is a little bit of luck in the tournament. You got to have the right path. You got to yeah. play in the right places. And you got to get hot. And Purdue has failed to show us that they can get hot in tournament time. Agreed. So, I mean, now Perth- this this team's brand is it's a it's a different team. Historically, yeah, correct. But this team's different. I've been on the record. This team's different. Yeah. All right. Good analysis. Uh, real quick, before Dean says anything, I I I kind of came up. Pete, I don't know if you know, agree or like, but we have a group chat, and Dean is Dean's not. He's not one of the positive ones. He's a glass half empty guy. Um, and so I, I deemed Dean that he's our Frank the Tank for Purdue. He's our Frank the Tank. Okay. We're 22 and 2. And he's still saying, Zachy, he's not national player. Uh, Dean, I'll let you take it away. And you can respond to that, right? You can. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a heavy. I, did, I don't say that lightly, but. If Purdue wins a national championship, Dean will find something wrong with it. Well, Go ahead, Dean. Well, tell our listeners who Frank the Tank is. So, because maybe not everyone knows Ryan. If you don't know who Frank the Tank is and you're listening to it, you probably shouldn't be. A very heavy accusation. That's for sure. Yeah, no pun intended. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Okay. See, I just, I have a more reasonable view of. Purdue sports. That's what Frank would say. I mean, I I say I gotta admit, I don't <laughs> I, I know who Frank is. I don't know what his uh, attitude is towards his sports. Wait, you don't teams. you you seriously know what Frank the Tank is? I, I, I know who he is. 
but you don't know he's like yeah i, I don't people know say like, it's a shtick but he's like literally like he's got like a cloud over him all the time like met spend oh, 350 million on off season he's like all right we're gonna go we're gonna lose 80 games for the mets oh he's a bar yeah. he's a barstool personality and yeah, he's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah yeah I got you. I mean, I don't think I have the cloud over my head all the time. I, I just choose. I, I'm choosing to see the entire picture. That would be my defense is like when I see us win, I'm like, okay, I like that we won, but I also see areas for improvement. I'm all, I'm always looking at the tape, trying to find areas that we could improve. But anyway, I will say different? I'll say it's different in that I like that we're not reliant on outside shooting and like guard play to determine whether we win or lose. Yeah. Because past years it was Carson, Jaden uh, Ivey. No. And if, if those guys were cold, we were done. I, 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 I'm not a huge Zach Eady guy, whatever, but yes, he is better than I originally thought. Okay. Right. But I also think he lends to a more sustainable game to game game plan that can be successful which is playing through him in the post because teams just can't match up with him you can get their guys in foul trouble and just shoot high percentage shots yeah um, i think i think the issue will come down is if we can if we there's a game where we can't get him the ball yep, yep. then we could be in, then we could be in trouble <laughs> yeah but I, that's true. but I, I do like in the the post game press conference they were asking braden smith about the turnover he had at the end trying to get it to Gillis in the corner, and he was just kind of in no man's land and threw it away. And you see Zach E's arm come from outside the frame, like grab, the away. grab the microphone, and basically was like, no, like th- th- this game didn't come down just to one play. It's like we all that was good. We all made mistakes. Like I like to see that. I, I do think this team – like I don't think – I don't think guys from last year's team would do that. And not to call out anyone specifically, but I don't think those guys, some of those guys would have done that. So I think it shows some growth and kind of maturity on that team. And like yeah. Pete said, it, it will come down to winning six straight in you the gotta tournament. Get lucky. I agree. I agree. Some teams got to get lucky, and it's going to be wide open this year. There's not a clear-cut favorite. You know, you look at ESPN simulations, they somehow have University of Houston winning the tournament 30% Jeez. of the time. So, Dean, do you, sure. I, I know you're – I don't fun. get it. Do you watch much? I watched them last night. Are they good? I mean, they looked good against Temple. I mean, yeah. they have talent. I haven't seen them play a good game yet this year. Mm, yeah. like, every, every time I'm, which is scary. What? If they haven't played a good game yet, and they're, you know, I mean, they're rolling over bad, bad teams, right? But yeah, I think if they get hot, they're going to be someone to be reckoned with, right? I mean, they're twenty-two and yeah. two, and you're saying they haven't played a good game yet this year. Well, they play in a yeah. bad league. Yeah, I mean yeah, it's, like, it's like it's like the the Cincinnati in football argument or like the TC right. It's like the same thing. Yeah, they be, they beat Virginia at Virginia and then they lost at home to Alabama in a close game. And yeah. they they've got NBA talent. The thing that would worry me about them if Purdue played them is like they play they really pressure the ball and they're really yeah. athletic. That's what IU did. Yeah, and and that's where we could have some trouble. Dude, but IU's that, ball pressure was in, insane. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna ask you guys this. All right. Who do you think can beat Purdue? 
that's in call the top 10 right now. We had a lot of ranked teams go down this weekend. A lot of ranked teams go down. Who scares you outside of Houston? Who else scares you? Like Tennessee, that was might have been the most boring college basketball game of all time. It was what like 46, 43. They won. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So, you know, there's Texas, there's Bama. I mean, there's there's still teams that can take down anyone on any given night. But what team scare you guys the most? I'll, I'll say this. I don't have a specific team in mind, but I think our weakness is our is our guards, right? Obviously, they're freshmen. When they make pretty good decisions with the ball, but if if a team can figure out how to double I, uh, Zach and our guards can't make shots, look, we're in, we're in big trouble. We we might not score over fifty. So, um. But our ball movement looked really good on Saturday. They were finding the open guy, and you know Mason Gillis had nine three pointers last Thursday. So something yeah, like we- that, something like that cap. So I don't know. I don't have a specific team, but if the blueprint is out, double Zach, and if the open guy doesn't make the shot, I feel like staying the obvious. It's gonna be a tough game. You got you guys got some tough games coming up. I know they're not ranked, but Iowa. The Northwestern, the Maryland, all yeah. There's a trap. There's some trap games in there. Yeah. At Maryland will be a tough game. Yeah, I mean at Northwestern, at Maryland, and then you got the rematch versus Indiana at the end of the month. It'll Back in hot. West Lafayette, that'll be a good game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's kind of nerve wracking, right? Because like we, it's a wide open tournament, and we have the best team that we've ever had. I mean, yeah, it, this is this is it. I mean, like, and and this team could absolutely return next year and. 80% of it will. Zach might might stay. I don't know. It depends probably what happens in the tournament. But I, I think the stock's never going to be as high as it's going to be right now. I think. Yeah, but it's not very high, Pete. That, that's a thing. You might know more than I do, but it's not like maybe a late second round. Yeah. To see, he hasn't. It's crazy because 10 years ago, he's number one over. He'd be number yeah. one overall pick. But the big men are just change. not. Yeah. I think there's with NIO, maybe there's an outside chance that he, he comes back. Um you want to chip but, into the collective? Yeah, sure. No. Um, but I don't know, boys. I it makes me I'm I'm gonna be vulnerable. I'm gonna have a vulnerable moment. Like this is the team this, this they always said the team that's like not that's under you know, disrespected in the beginning, unranked, not a ton of superstars coming in, like this is the team that could to make a deep, deep run, and there's no excuse this year. Like there is no excuse. There's no Duke, Kentucky, UNC, Kansas that are gonna get in the way. Like we're the team to beat. Yep. So it makes me nervous because I, I don't want to say my expectations are high, but they they should be high. The team's been num- the longest number one team this year, and we just got beat as a number one team, and we're still a number one team. Yeah. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. If we if we lose, it's all right, let me ask you this. We'll, we'll finish on this. Dean, what in your mind would be a successful tournament? Final four. Okay. Final four. Because but my justification for that is if you're number one at any point in the year, your expectation should be final four. Yeah. I think I'm there. I think I'm there. Like. You lose once you're there, whatever, dude. But at that point, every everyone's everyone's really fucking good. 
really well. And to Pete's point, gotta, you gotta get there to get to a font. You have to get like a fairly good draw. And but like it shouldn't matter. To, you got to win four in a row. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You have to get a, you have to get lucky in terms of the draw, in terms of the games, right? Rick, you're kind of talking on both sides of your mouth right now. You're saying that they're the best team in the country. And they have to get lucky and hopefully get a good draw. Like if they're the best team in the country, it shouldn't matter. They just need to be able to string. Pete, a lot of team, a lot of best teams in the country lose before the final four. It happens every year. I know. But like Kentucky the last year lost in the first round. They're one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. So I would you're, say that you're Purdue saying the need... best team, not one of the best. Yeah. I think Purdue is the best team in the country, but I'm also saying, and I think it's with any any sport, you still need a little luck. I think you need a little luck along the way, but the draw yeah. shouldn't matter if you're the best team in the country. I don't know, Pete. Playing, right? I saw a bracket. We might play Rutgers in the in the second round. That's that's not lucky. That's unlucky. Rutgers has our number. Like that's what I'm saying. So, I would well, say if you're the best team. It shouldn't matter if Rutgers the, if yeah. Rutgers is in your way in the second round. That shouldn't matter if you're the best team. I think I think most. I hear Rick's point about yeah, the draw does help. But when you're the number one, when you're the number one seed in your region, like you losing creates the good draw for everyone else. Like, yeah, like you, you, you're going to play like the, an eight, and then like a four, and, and then and then the two or whatever it is. But it's like the draw and like a good draw ends up coming for those teams that are in like the four or five spot. That all of a sudden they thought they were going to play the one, but the one lost to the to the eight. So last year, have a good draw. Yeah, yeah, great. So, I mean, yeah, it, I think it got if, real lucky last year. Yeah, son of a bitch. Jesus. So, um, I'm excited for March Madness, boys. I think it's gonna be an amazing, hopefully, an amazing tournament. And Dean, where was the final four? Houston. What do you guys think about doing a little bracket challenge with, you know, the big rigs? Yeah, and yeah. bigger invites invite our loyal listeners. Yeah, sure. loser, loser of the big rigs. Guy has to have a punishment. We just haven't figured out what it is yet. I'm done with that. Okay. The rig with the lowest points. Yeah, Rick's got to wear a Jets jersey for a month straight. Things to think about. Uh, the, the difference is I'll have Purdue going all the way, and you won't. So, not worried. <laughs> Unless they get a bad draw, right? Yeah, there's this <laughs> a bad draw. Every, I mean, everyone listening is like nodding their head. Either agreeing oh or disagreeing with me, but they're nodding their head. <laughs> if the listeners that, that crap on me for hating Purdue start complaining about the draw when we're a one seed, then uh, I, I don't want to hear it. Like I don't want to hear about, about this, being pessimistic. I, they have an open invite about the to draw. come. On. They have an open invite to come on the pods. Yeah. They have an open invite. Yeah. And we'll, Dean, real quick, you in our group chat, you thought I was. Off the what are you talking? I was gonna. Were you drunk? No, I was just. I was wondering I, where I you was, were because you were quiet. Like right, you said, you were, I was like, you were back in, and then all of a sudden you went quiet, like when the game ended. So I, I got worried. I I was looking, Maybe I was he went often after he accused me of not. I, watching. I snapped my. I snapped my phone in half, but. Um, I was wondering what happened to the third member of the big race. Real, real quick, I and, and this is the last thing I'll say. It's kind of off topic, but I'm kind of getting annoyed with these sticky, I'll call them sticky, like personality, Twitter personalities from like, specifically, I'm kind, I'm, I'm kind of done with John Rossi. 
I, I it's kind of, his shit has kind of run its course in my mind. I honestly haven't really paid attention to John Rothstein. I just remember him Everyone, tweeting, just like, buy Brandon Newman's stock now. And then he's that. just kind of, he, he, he has like, he has like uh, one liners for every single team. And he, don't get me wrong, he, nobody loves college basketball more than that guy. He's just kind of like, like, all right, man, like, he, it's just kind of annoying. I think his insight is good, right? John, if you're listening, come on the pod, my man. But your Twitter game needs a little, your Twitter game needs a little worry. He just tweets the same thing. It's like, all right. Speaking of Twitter, uh, the Big Rigs have a Twitter. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We sent out a few follows. We're not going to tweet. I, we will not send, a tweet until we have at least 50 followers. Yes. Well, besides the link to this week's episode. Yeah. The link. No, to the we're not. We're not tweeting. It. No. No one's going to follow us if we have no tweets, Rick. <laughs> well, I, I sent out. I, yeah. I sent out some follows and follow to follow back was not was not reciprocate. I don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah. It, Pete's tweets followed it back. Maybe they think it's a yeah. bot. They think it's like fake or something. Yeah. Maybe. Probably in person. Um, Shout out to everyone that, that followed. Um, okay. Any miscellaneous? I, I, I do want to touch on two things. I guess we, we, we didn't really talk about Brady too much. We can talk more about him too. So we can talk about Brady. Um, I want to touch on the Pro Bowl and the Sean Payton hire, and then we could jump into picks. Yeah. So I'll let you kick off Brady since he's your, you know, your idol, your your mentor, your, your coach, your, whatever you want to call him. I love him. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. So big, I'll let you go on your little soliloquy. I have a big Tampa Tom and I have a big canvas of him right here, boys. This is bad podcasting, but there he is. Wow. Yeah. Um, like I said, boys, when he walked off that field against the Cowboys, his parents were there. You know, that was kind of the first sign that like, this is different. He looked really bad in that game. Um, it was, I mean, emotionally, it was, it was Tom's biggest, most impactful year with his divorce. You know, the team struggling. Like, it was, he sacrificed a lot to go back on the field this year, and I think he realized that probably halfway through, like, football's a sacrifice, you know? And he burned... Some bridges, relationships that I'm sure was really, really hard on him. And uh, you know, I think you come to a come to a day, P. I think you said in the beginning, it's like what what else do you need? You're that you're no one's ever gonna touch I don't think your seven Super Bowls. And you know, you wanna go out on top and you you don't wanna kinda crash and burn and you definitely didn't necessarily go out on top, but I think he was like, Okay, enough's enough. You know, his kids are getting older. And I think it was probably just kind of was like a reality check. You know, it's like, all right, he could have played. He could have played. And so, you know, it's sad. And I think <clears throat> you see all these debates on should he sign, sign a one-day contract with the Pats. I think he should. I'm on that side, probably not surprisingly to anybody. But that's like he's going to be known as a Patriot, right? He went to Tampa for a cup of coffee. but spent 20 years in new england like he he changed the the culture of that that whole town and area and, you know and i think he'll 
I don't know. I don't think he'll sign a one-day contract because I think he's very careful and calculated with his decisions. But, um, you know, he's done, and it's a sad day. It's an end of an era. I was I was going to say, it, it is kind of the end. I mean, I guess we could consider Aaron Rodgers kind of still holding on there with that, that group of quarterbacks. But, you know, the Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Brady error. It's pretty much been our entire life of football, right? From ages 10 through 30, these guys literally owned the NFL. And Brady was kind of the last straw, right? You got the new young age. I mean, you got Herbert, you got Burrow, you got Mahomes, Jalen Hurts now. You got all these these young guys coming up that have taken over. But it is is kind of closing the door on on that era of the NFL, which was a pretty special quarterback era, I would say. but yeah, a little bit of a sad day, but a happy day for some of us too. It's yeah. also just like, you know, we have just different types of quarterbacks in the league now. Like all the guys you listed from from that era were like the pocket passers. And that was looked at like, you know, you didn't really care if guys were more of like statues in the pocket. But now it's like if a guy is a quote unquote statue with poor mobility, teams aren't looking at him as like a a top quarterback prospect anymore. It's it's more like the Jalen Hurts, the the Kyler Murrays, the Josh Allens, even Joe Burrow is is somewhat mobile too. It's like the game's just changed, and now Brady retiring and guys like Matt Ryan kind of fading off as well. It's like that archetype of quarterback is really kind of yeah. going away. Yeah, we were having a little bit of a debate in my. My college group chat, the the Spaghetti Boys on on this last night on Kyle Bonnetty's little shout out to Kyle was saying, I now know how Peter felt being a Jets fan in Tom Brady's division. And he's a Raiders fan, right? He's got Pat Mahomes in his division now. And we were going back and forth a little bit. I was saying, you'll never know how I felt. 20 years, seven Super Bowl wins, 10 Super Bowl appearances. It is the longest stretch of greatness ever. And they literally won the division every year of my adult life besides one. And it was the year that Brady got hurt. Right. And they still went 11 and five that year. So he was, you know, he came back and said, Hey, you know, Mahomes has been to three Super Bowls in five years. I'm like, well, you start to think about it. He is, he's on track to maybe not win, yeah, seven, but potentially get to seven, eight, nine, ten 10 Super Bowls if he stays healthy and they keep that team somewhat intact. And, We've already said it. The team is not intact from where it was two years ago, and they're still in the Super Bowl, right? So a little interesting look forward. I don't know if he gets to Brady's level, but he has the, he has a chance. I think the, yeah. the big thing about Tom was that what helped keep that window open for him so long was that he was taking less money routinely. Like He was yeah. never close like the, the highest-paid quarterback. because Ever. Because everyone knows, like it's when you when the quarterback signs that massive deal, you have to sacrifice yeah. the other positions. And obviously, we know Mahomes has got like the five hundred million dollar contract. So, yeah, but with that being said, Dean, like the salary cap is going up sixteen million this year. It's just going to continue to go up over and over the next ten years. He signed such a long term deal. By the time that contract ends, he's going to be like a middle of the road paid quarterback. Like he signed it early enough. It was a ton of guaranteed money over a long period of time. Like the, the it'll be a hundred million dollars more of the salary cap by the by the end of that that contract. Yeah, but I guess my point is kind of like in this first five five or so years, 
it'll be tough. But I mean, yeah, Mahomes definitely has has a chance. The thing I'll say about Tom in this retirement is that I'm waiting until the summer and see if like he's still retired first because he's got. I, I mean, right, I, I, I do feel like like this is probably for real, but you man, never know on. though. Yeah, like, you never know, and I mean. Honestly, all these guys, <laughs> I think most of these guys really just hate going through training camp. Yeah. Like, especially as you get older. Um, but the, if this is really it, then obviously, you know, phenomenal career. And I mean, the Colts haven't been relevant for a while now. So he, he stopped kind of murdering my, my hopes and dreams a while ago. But how did how did Brady turn into like the biggest villain? Everyone hated him, and now he's like the most likable guy. I mean, maybe not tongue in cheek to you guys. He left, he left New England. You think so? That's what happened. Like, I mean, Boston people are, aren't the most likable fans in the world, so I think that stretch. So kinda, you think us? We made people hate Tom Brady. I think this the the team itself and the fan base and the length of greatness. I think the fresh start in Tampa. And he seemed a little lighter once he left Bill Belichick in the pad. So let's be honest. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. He was like cool. Machine. He was like overnight. He was cool. Yeah. Um, but it's funny. I was just listening to Cowherd before we jumped on, and Brady actually did his first interview. I think it was his first interview. It was with uh, Cowherd, just one on one, and Colin asked him, "Was that he's coming back?" I didn't, I didn't know that. Today. He did ask him if he was coming back, and Brady gave this roundabout answer of saying, "Not really." Um, or probably yeah, but but you never um, know. These guys are just wired so differently that their brain only knows football. Yeah, I mean, he literally said the last thirty-one years of his life that's all he's ever done, right? Yeah, and he's forty-five, so yeah. um, more than three quarters of his life or close to it. But now the one thing he asked him was, "Did you enjoy pretty much being? I don't want to say the villain, but it was you know everyone doubting you in your early years, your first ten years." Or did you enjoy being glorified your last five years? Because I think toward the end, everyone was like the GOAT, the best, and bowing down to Brady. And even Tom said, I I like being the underdog. He's like, it's fun and people appreciating what we were able to accomplish, you know, my teams. But he enjoyed more when people were saying, he can't do it again. He can't do it again. Um, I thought that was just kind of shows how he's wired a little bit, you know, which is kind of cool. And guess who's saying that? Even today, I mean, I think he's done. I, I just yeah. think he, he looked old. He had gray hair in his beard in the interview. He's, he's. I think I think he could still play with the right team, but I think he also yes. is at the point in his career where he's not walking into the season thinking Super Bowl or bust because he knows he's getting old and he's got to have the perfect situation, perfect coach, perfect everything for it to work out because he can't carry the team on him by himself anymore. Yeah, I, I think if he still felt like he could play. At the at the level that you know the, the standard that he has set for himself, then then he'd still play. I think this decision to retire is because he doesn't feel like he can play at that level anymore. Yeah, it's true. I'm, and, and 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 that level, I, I'd say, is above just like good enough for like for 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 teams. But uh, yeah, yeah. But I'll say, I think the reason that people like, and I think people are going to do the same thing with LeBron when he finally goes, is that you spend so much time hating them just because they're so good. And then at the tail end of their career, it starts hitting you that damn, like 
I've seen, I've watched one of the greatest ever do it, do this for 15 plus years. And now it's coming to an end. You start to appreciate kind of all those, all the greatness that you saw in the 15 years that preceded it as that reality sets in is that you're not going to see him for very much longer. I think the same yeah. thing's going to happen with LeBron. And that's kind of what I feel like happened with Brady is that you realize like, damn, we might never see this again. We probably never will. So, yeah. Yeah. Sad. Should we have a moment of silence? He's not. I'm dead. good. Yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm, I was legitimately sad. I was really sad. Um, Even though he didn't play for the past anymore. But anyway. All right. A couple things. I just want to touch on NFL, not counting Super Bowl, since we'll have our Super Bowl episode later this week. Don't forget Super Bowl episode later this week. Um, tune in. Pro Bowl was very boring. I just think it was confusing. It was choppy. It felt like no one was trying flag football with these guys. I'm sure it was fun for them. I think the players liked yeah. it because they don't have to go suit up and potentially hurt themselves. And for more, it was just them going down to celebrate and toss the ball around with their friends. But from a viewership standpoint, I turned it on like five times throughout the day and I watched five minutes of it. I'm like, what? this is no, I'm good. Yeah. I think they need to get rid of the Pro Bowl altogether, have the award ceremony, bring them all together for a weekend, bring it back to Hawaii. They can all celebrate whatever. These guys do not need to play a Pro Bowl game. They don't care. They don't want to play. My thoughts, I, I know it looks like Rick disagrees on this one, but, man, it's just, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm over it. But my thing is, Pete, it's like, what did you expect? You know the Pro Bowl has sucked. You kind of have to have lower expectations. Like, it, it, the Pro Bowl has been really bad. And so it's like, if you're not expecting it to be amazing. So not to say it's kind of your fault, but it's like, what did you expect? Flag football, Rick. You got these guys literally on a 40-yard field. I, I kind of like no it. defense. I kind of liked it because, and I think this was something I was like, why do I like this? And the reason I liked it is because they weren't wearing helmets. We never see these guys without helmets on. Half these guys, I'm like, oh, that's Stefan. Di-. You know, you see him briefly after the, the games, but like, I thought that was kind of cool. Shows some personality. I get, I, again, is it perfect? No. Is it the most entertaining thing you've ever watched, especially coming off playoff conference games? No. But is it the best they can do? Yeah, like they definitely trotted out at the Mannings, right? They had Herb Street calling the flag. I mean, I was like, they they threw the kitchen sink at this thing. So, and it was in Vegas. I don't know. I just think they should just do like the competitions, and they need better yeah. competitions. Like, I don't need to see NFL players playing dodgeball. You know? <laughs> yeah. I just like you can do two full days of like combine type competitions for these guys. Be fun, kind of bringing them back and. Mm-hmm. I just I, I don't know the game the game for me felt just but wasn't like the flag football was it like the main thing or was it just one part of the tournament if you will that's what like, was confusing if you didn't it watch was it was beginnings yeah. you didn't watch from the start where they explained how everything was going to work I'm I'm like it I, was really confusing I, I pulled it I, up I and it said 12 12 then it said first to 12 and it was like six nothing I was like I don't understand what's going on but maybe that's, that's me. Maybe that's my uneducated, uneducated that Rick was talking about earlier. That's it. Like I think all the All Star weekends and whatnot suck. Besides, I think the only one that is decent is MLB. Yep. Because it's yep. the only one where like they can add in those things like miking up players and stuff and have it actually be entertaining. 
and the players also are not like mailing it in just like nba it's just you know they come down they're shooting just throwing alley-oops and stuff no one's giving a shit it's 170 to 160 it's just the players getting together and messing around the nfl is especially now that it's not even in hawaii anymore at least when it was in hawaii it like i, I remember like players would be like bring like flying their teammates out to to like, hawaii and stuff like kind of as like a reward for like the season that they had these players can go to vegas whenever the they want so it's like it's not even like that but then yeah i think the all-star weekend and it's like it's funny i mean you talk about having to lower your expectations the all-star weekend and all that stuff it's for the fans and the fans don't are the fans like don't give yes. a shit fans aren't entertained by it then then what's what's the what point are we doing here yeah yeah just, I, I agree boys do you think it would i know they would never do this because it's football and the injury piece of it you think it would be more entertaining if they did it like the other leagues in the middle of the season? I just don't think they would do it with injury. Like, I know, but I think that's part of the NFL one is the season's yeah. over. These guys don't care. Why are the fans going to care? It's an interesting point. I never thought about that. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if they do flag it's... football, you could do it during the season. It's no different than an NFL practice, what they just did. Yeah. I think the participation would be lower, but it's already low. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, Tyler Huntley, a backup quarterback, make the Pro Bowl. Yeah, Josh Allen skipped out to go play in the Pro Am. Yeah. yeah. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. The NFL is going to have know. a lot of decisions with scheduling kind of over like the next few years, decade, when they start talking about adding an 18th game and a second bye week and all that shit. It's like, it'll be yeah. interesting to see. Maybe that's an opportunity to move the Pro Bowl. Yeah. That's all good thoughts, boys. All right. And last thing, NFL, I would say, what do you guys think about Sean Payton going to the Broncos? That's a good hire. I hate the Broncos. Broncos have given up a shit ton but dude, to they get just, Russ and now Sean Payton in there. I'm like, they just damn. backed up the Brinks trucks for him. Yeah. It doesn't matter, though, right? Like, what, the Walmart family now owns the Broncos? The coaching salary does, they not, have unlimited money. does not hit the salary cap. So $20 million a year. Is, yeah. The draft capital is the big thing, right? They just yeah, yeah. Gave away That's what I was getting at. Yeah. I think that was our only chance, though, of salvaging the Russ deal was to get a yeah. guy in there like Sean. I'm not saying it's going to work, but I'm saying I like the chances of that working out a whole lot better than them bringing in, like, one of these like OCs or something. I think you need someone who's gotten it done before. I also so. just think Russ needs a strong personality as a coach. It's like Pete Carroll was like Russ knows he's the man or he thinks he's the man, but yeah, you need someone with more superiorizing figure. Yeah. That's saying like, Hey Russ got it. You know, you're the high paid quarterback, but Hey, I'm the high paid coach. And if you think about it, Drew Brees and Russell Wilson, they're very similar players. Yeah. I would say, I would say Drew Brees was probably better, but their style of play. I think Russ is a little, little more mobile. But in the back half of his career, they're both smaller quarterbacks. They both can throw the long ball. Dean doesn't agree to me. So, what is that face, bro? Drew Brees is the was a prototypical pocket passer, but just very their their similarities that they're short. Russ was like scramble. But Russ he doesn't anymore. He doesn't anymore. He doesn't scramble much. I know he rolls out, but Drew rolled out a little bit. I know Drew's stuck in the pocket more often than not, but he can move if he needed to. He chose not to move because he was better in the pocket. 
I, I don't know. I, I it's I guess maybe a little bit more similarity in their later years, but I'm saying like I I don't know. I feel like I, I have to do some gymnastics to get there. <laughs> some mental gymnastics. Mental gymnastics. Yeah. Um I think it's good hire. I mean, well, it's good. It's definitely by far the most intriguing division in the league, right? Well, that's what we said this year. And yeah. it was and Sean Payton, you know, from it. But when Aaron Rodgers goes to the Raiders. I mean, you see all that shit with him at the Pro-Am, Pro-Am, and they were all the Raiders Yeah, well, he was like... Devontae he, misses you, and he talked about it in the interviews. Like, sounds like the Vegas fans want me or something stupid. Like, this guy, man, he is... I, I'm selling my Aaron Rodgers stock, man. Like, I would just get... It's like a teammate of his. I would just get sick of him being, like, one foot out, one foot in, year to year. Like, I'd want a guy, like, who's all in, like, on the team. Otherwise, you just... Let's move on. It's like it's not even like he's playing at that same level at that MVP level anymore. It was one thing when he was up competing for MVP, but he, he wasn't good last, last year. year. He won a last year. year. La- no, I'm talking about like th- when I say last year, I mean like this year that we just saw. He was I not good. That, but he won the MVP the previous year and he had a I don't know if it was a broken thumb on his throwing hand, but a busted thumb. He had less weapons than he's ever had. I just think I, I think he's still got a couple years in him. And maybe that's the Jets fan yeah. speaking, hoping that he might come to New York. But I still think he can play at an MVP caliber level with the right team around him. He's getting paid fifty million this year. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not saying that he that's can't insane. play. I'm just saying is that I'd I'd want him to either be all in on playing or or not. Like I just this, this one foot in, one foot out each year, I think would just Frustrates the hell out of his teammates. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. If you went to the if you went to the Raiders, that would be that'd be awesome. That division would be insane. That would be most watched TV. Oh my god! Every weekend. Uh, but that's what we said coming into this year. Like, oh, it's the Chargers but, and the Raiders and. The Chiefs. But for real this time, Russell Wilson and the Broncos. It's literally the exact same conversation. Is this going to be the best division ever? And it just wasn't. It was literally the Chiefs ran away. It was a runaway. Yeah. Everyone else was mediocre or horrible. Well, it can't be the. It couldn't be the best division ever because next year's AFC West is going to be the best ever. <laughs> good point, team. That's a good yeah. point. Okay. Uh, well, boys, we got one more weekend of football. So. Man, that reality is hit me. <clears throat> and then we're in a full dose. This is where we shine, boys. Baseball. Bring training. Baseball, we got to bring back the delusional Yankee fans. And I'm ready, man. Dean, what, Dean, real quick, what was that Brian Cashman quote you sent? Oh, about how Yankee fans were acting like they got eliminated in the first round <laughs> after they lost. I'm like, dude, I love Brian Cashman, man. Just. How does this guy still have a job, Pete? I mean, seriously, who's he's got an extension? I don't know if we could go down that rabbit hole. I'm just saying, I feel like we're gonna be talking about Cashman a lot this year. What do you mean? How does he still have a job? He literally has the best track record of any any GM in baseball history. What are you talking about? How does he still have a job? Well, what have you done for me lately, League? Right? Am I wrong? The the Yankees. Your your GM just got fired and won the World Series. The Yankees literally make the playoffs every year and have a chance to win the World Series every year. I know they haven't in a long time. I get that. Steinbrenner's rolling in his grave right now. How does Pete say this? I'm just saying 
that's why he still has a job. I'm not saying I love Cashman. I think it's time for a change, but you can't say, how does this guy still have a job when he's put a winning team on the field for 25 years and won six rings, five rings. Like, come Literally, on. How, how many years? Thir are we 13? Like that. 12? What, 2009? 2009. Come on, Pete. We were in high school then. We were in high school, Pete. And you're, and you're, you're, you're carrying water for this guy? I, I'm not saying that it's not time for a change. I know we just signed him to an extension, but <laughs> don't say I don't know how he still has a job. That's all I'm saying. I don't. I don't. It's just. It's just. This is my whole point. And I'll probably say this a lot to us. Yankee fans' mentality is not the Yankee fans of old. No commentary. Why? <laughs> because of what you just said. I think it's World Series or bust every year, but I'm just saying. But if you don't just, deliver bro, on it, not Chime Bloom walking in and tie him. Whatever his name is, I, it, he's not tearing it down every year. The, yes, he's made some bad deals over the years, but if you're the GM of a team for 25 years, there's going to be some deals that. So you just get a lifetime contract? No, I, I think he's literally he's in with the Steinbrenner family. He's one of their guys, and they they must hired, have dirt. He, he must have serious dirt on them. Uh, they hired a bunch of um, folks to work in the front office with him. I think the guy from San Francisco they brought over and someone else. I'd have to look it up. But more of his advisor roles under Cashman. I, I think he's letting off the reins a little bit and trying to get more people working with him to make decisions versus making them all on his own. Um, I think that's their way of saying, hey, we're not replacing Brian, but we're bringing in some more brains to help. Bringing in help. Yes. Brian needs help. <laughs> All right, we'll get into baseball later. Let's. This has yeah. been a long episode. Let's get our picks yeah. out of the way. Yeah. The Red Sox. Oh man, that's just a little. Already know the Red Sox are going to suck this year, so that's fun. Um, that's just a little taste of what. Hey, the Red Sox got new LEDs in February. We got new LED. Yeah. I sent that to the group. Yeah. We're gonna. We're about to have some cool closer in intros. I flash the lights if we hit a home run. Probably won't happen at this this year, but can't wait we for the, the Matt. I can't wait for the Matt Barnes intro when he comes in. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah. uh he's not on the Red Sox anymore, Dean. Damn. I got DFA'd. No, I got DFA'd. Nobody's yeah. on the Red Sox anymore besides Rafael Devers. That <laughs> <laughs> Barnes got DFA'd and he was not uh Damn. All right, too happy about it. But I'll just say this real quick. If if Red Sox don't go to the ALCS in the next three years, high M is out. So because we have standards. That's a really high standard, man. Damn. ALCS ALCS is your standard. Yeah, Cashman made it to the ALCS last year. Yeah, man. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> we're struggling to get to the picks today. So here we go. Pete had a pretty good week. I had pretty good week. week. And Dean went a little over 500. W what was my picks last week, Rick? Pete won Eagles minus two and a half. Pete won under Eagles and Niners 46 and a half. Chiefs won. I don't know. I don't know if these these are all right, but Pete's claiming this is like a golfer scorecard that he had all his picks. He 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 keeps track of these. Five and zero, oh. five and zero oh for the listeners with value, with value, with with value. <laughs> to add that to every single one of our picks now. Hey, yep. I, Pete, I, I'll, 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 I'm not going to be like other people on this podcast that kick you when you go when you're hot. So Pete, congrats. I'm, right. I'm, I'm generally happy for you. I know. I trust me. No one knows how hard it is to go 
hot, get hot like that more than me. So congrats. 17, 14, and one. It's my record. Uh, Rick is 16 and 19. Dean starting to crawl back. Went four and two last week. He's at 12, 17, and two. Yeah. So the boys are getting all back on track. You know? We're doing well. We're doing yeah, well. So- so while we're all giving each other high fives, I'll give Rick some credit because it was his hot week that I think then led to me and Pete getting hot last week. And I now I think so we're all hot. Exactly. Yes. So great job all around. And then Rick boys. finally picked some Bruins games that had a, you know. Like I said, I ride and die with that team. So no shame with that. All right. Let's keep the pick short because we're going to have, what, five to five to ten picks each for the Super Bowl, including props and all that. Um, so we'll do a couple each just for this one. What do you guys think? Just pretty much Monday to Monday to Thursday or Monday to Friday, hoops and hockey. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Dean, if you can get this out before we before these games start tonight. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh Dean, like go it. ahead. Go ahead. You start. All right. So to help keep my momentum going, I'm going uh Celtics and Pistons tonight. Oh. Celtics. What side? Oh, Celtics. Yeah. Celtics over the Pistons. Pistons are one of the worst teams in the league. And then I'm also taking Kings over the Rockets. The Rockets are also one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, Eric Gordon said that he's seen no improvement on that team. And also in that Kings-Rockets game, I'm taking over 234.5. I mean, they don't play in defense, but there's going to be a, a lot of points. And then late night tonight, whoa, whoa, whoa. Weber. Are you taking the points or are you parlaying all these? Oh no, they're all separate. I got three separate bets: Sorry, Celtics, okay. Celtics over Pistons, Kings over Rockets, and then Kings Rockets over two thirty-four and a half. Okay, and then Celtics. late night, I'm, late I'm night down, Dean. I got to hold you accountable right now because I don't want any confusion. Celtics minus ten and a half. Yeah. Kings minus six and a half. Yeah. Kings over. 234 and a half. Yes. And then your late night pick. All right. Here okay. we go. Thank you, man. Save that. It's not like you can go back and listen to the pod after we release it anyways. But I digress. Weber State over Northern Colorado tonight. Wow. Currently a currently a pick em. Uh Weber State's won four of their last five. Meanwhile, the Bears have lost their last three. Now, I feel like I've heard that before. So I'm taking the Bears to lose their fourth in a row. Mm. Taking we- Weber State goes on the road late night. Dean, on name, ESPNU. Name, name a uh, notable Weber State alumni. Dame Lillard. Yep. Very Dean. good. All right. 4-0. Dude, I, I, oh. Dean, that was good. That was nice and smooth. And then if you want to take Celtics money line, it's minus 600 to Kings money line, I think is plus 200 get in on those too so good stuff winners everywhere okay all right pete take it away all right i only got two picks for you texas plus four tonight texas kansas gosh, everyone's taking my bets oh my gosh yeah i like that i like the game um kansas just coming off a, a tough loss over the weekend texas kansas stinks yeah it's it's in it's in lawrence which i think a uh, little concerning in college basketball home home court advantage is a big thing, but uh, some Monday night hoops. I think Texas comes in and plays them tough in conference matchup. I think Texas plus four feels right. Uh, sprinkle money line if you're interested, but my pick is going to be Texas plus four. And then you got Devils versus Canucks. 
That's tonight uh, in New Jersey. Uh, Devils low-key have been staying kind of hot. So I like I like the Devils minus one and a half. I'm not going to sit here and Ooh, take there them you go. at a money line minus 250 like Rick would do. Um, but Devils <laughs> minus one and a half. They've won three of their last four. And uh, I think they stay hot at home tonight. So those are my two picks for the week. Great picks, Pete. All right, here we go. Um, I'm also going to take Celtics minus 10 out. They've been on a little bit of a skid. Haven't played their best basketball. But the Pistons, as Dean said, are not Get a good right game. Team. Yeah. Um, also, this is a little bit of a, a leveling war, right? So the Nets play the Clippers in Brooklyn. Clippers are eight point favorites. Is this a game where everyone, you know, can kind of breathe again on that Brooklyn, right? They play a little looser. You know, they got nothing to lose. I'm taking Brooklyn and the points. And then finally, um, Warriors Thunder. I'm gonna do all NBA. Steph Curry's out for the next couple weeks. Um, Thunder playing okay. Uh, I'm going to take Thunder plus three and a half. I like it. Each of you guys had one of my picks that I also had on my list. So the rigs are riding together. Boys, 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 boys. Kind of a boring, kind of a boring night tonight. But if you don't have anything to watch, you just listen to our podcast. I'm, I'm wondering if we need to like put the picks on, uh, the Twitter. If I, yeah, just because, like, unless people listen, like, right after, sometimes yeah. like, they might miss one or two. And even if they, even they want to fade, even if they want to fade us, I mean, they kind of yeah. got to have the option. The, the biggest problem is Dean is, as of right now, there's only about three people seeing the picks. And I think one of our followers is a bot. So, <laughs> so they're not, yeah. not many people are going to. Uh, if we get hot on Twitter, we're going to have a lot of followers quickly. Yeah. All right, the beat. We might have to start charging. Make that account private. Yeah. Um, all right, boys. This was a good one. Good to have everyone back. We'll be back uh, Thursday or Friday. But until we see you then, we are the Big Rigs. You are Big Rig Nation. We'll talk to you all soon. Peace.